This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, in for Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine trainer Kevin Attard, he is a superstar. He joins us today. Once again in 2021, Kevin was one of Woodbine's top trainers, so much so that he is a Sovereign Award finalist for Leading Trainer in Canada for the fourth consecutive year. Kevin won his first race as a trainer in July of 2001, and over his career, he has won over 70 stakes races, including training the Good Starship Jubilee, whose portfolio included wins in the Grade 1 E.P. Taylor Stakes in 2019, and then the Grade 1 Woodbine Mile in 2020, and she was also voted a Horse of the Year in Canada. With 575 winners to date, Kevin Attard, like everyone else in the Woodbine backstretch, is looking forward to a April 16th, when opening day for the Thoroughbreds will finally be here. Shortly, we will meet Kevin Attard. We'll find out more about what he's looking forward to most during this racing season. So in addition today, we're going to meet Woodbine Mohawk Park harness driver James McDonald. James is fresh off an O'Brien winning racing season last year as he led all Canadian harness drivers in voting for the top driver's award. Now named the Keith Wapples Driver of the Year Award, the O'Brien Trophy signifies excellence in driving. And in 2021, James drove horses to purse winnings of more than $7.5 million. And on top of this, the PEI native topped the Canadian driver stats for wins and earnings in what was a dream season. And James was also the winner of the Lampman Cup, an award given out to the leading driver in the Ontario Sire Stakes, which included him driving the winners of three Ontario Sire Stakes super final events and 18 Ontario Sire Stakes gold divisions. Oh, and there's so many other things that we want to hear about him, but we're going to meet James McDonald very shortly and welcome him to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Also today, friend of the show, Woodbine Clocker and Morning Line odds maker Ernie Perry is joining us. And Ernie, like everyone else, is looking forward to the April 16th Woodbine season opener. We're going to check in with Ernie, find out how active the Woodbine backstretch is as the horses train up to the 2022 thoroughbred racing season start. Ernie, he's also a very good handicapper. We'll speak with him about the Kentucky Derby Trail. We'll also ask him to put on his handicapping hat, maybe give us some value plays racing at the various U.S. tracks today. And finally, he's back. Co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news, including a recap of last week's major Kentucky Derby prep and the Tampa Bay Derby. Also, some other news from both the thoroughbred and standard bred side. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. 
feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm in for Jim Lang today. It's Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my fabulous co-host and expert on all things ponies, Larry Simpson. Good to be with you again, Larry. Good to see you, Ann. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, which was just a little while ago. Yeah. But what I'm really looking forward to is the, the start of the season at Woodbine, April 16th. What do you know between now and then? Well, I think it's getting more and more exciting each day because uh, there's a lot of people that are so looking forward to this being, uh, you know, fingers crossed, a COVID-free year and not a shortened uh, season like we've had the last two seasons. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the weather's starting to turn, so you know that uh, opening day can't be too far off. It's going to be fantastic. Shall we look a little bit south of the border? Can we talk about the Tampa Bay Derby and Mrs. Barbara's race uh, at Tampa in the $200,000 Grade 3 Florida Oaks, which is one and one-eighth of a mile and on turf and all of these other things that, that mean a lot to me but mean much more to you? Well, I think we had spoken about Mrs. Barbara last week on last week's show and actually a couple of other shows we, we've because of the fact that uh, Jim Lawson the CEO of Woodbine is the the owner of uh, Mrs. Barbara and there's a story that Mrs. Barbara was actually a foal of a mare that was originally owned by Jim's dad Mel and Jim was able to find the, this mare and buyer and she was in foal to what turned out to be Mrs. Barbara Mrs. Barbara became a stakes winner last year at, at Woodbine as a two-year-old, and this was actually her first start of the year, and they've got high hopes for her, possibly the Kentucky Oaks and that, but, you know, she raced at uh, Tampa last week. Um, she was down on the rail because she had the inside post, and she raced, I thought she raced very well, that uh, the fact is she hadn't raced since October. Uh, Mark Cassie has trained her up to that race, and uh, I thought she raced well. She closed a little bit of ground. And I think she'll be that much better the next start that she races. So we cast a wide net here on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. So we're casting that net really in our own backyard, Woodbine. Let's talk about the backstretch. It is humming right now. It's humming. Uh, there's uh, Obviously, there's a lot of horses that are, keep shipping in. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, now, as we mentioned earlier, the weather is, is starting to turn. 
and I think that you're going to see more and more horses on the workout list. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting times, and fingers crossed it stays exciting and it stays safe. So. And every person involved in the in the the creation of a situation for a horse who's going to be a great racer, the trainer is very important to that that whole equation. Well, the trainer is the coach, really, right? And uh, he's he's the one that basically plans the strategy for the horse, uh, the schedule for when the horse is going to race, and you know if it's a, a stakes horse or that, they've got basically a plan in place. You know, for the next three or four months, maybe even longer, that they're they're looking forward to uh, to racing this particular horse in. Funny you would mention a trainer. Kevin Attar joins us today on Ponies 24-7. And Larry, Kevin is not only a second-generation horseman, but is one of Woodbine's leading trainers. That name is so famous, and I know that he's keeping up with the superstardom that comes attached to that last name. He is. He is. He uh, He's keeping up with it, and... Uh, as you say, second-generation horseman. He joins us now on Ponies 24-7. Hi, Kevin. Hi, thanks for the good introduction. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be cowed by that, because we're going to talk horses. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so how are things right now? It's, it's Saturday, it's race day all around North America. How are things for you? Um, obviously, there's a lot of anticipation for me, um, you know, eager to kind of start our uh, 2022 uh, season uh, you know I mean on time this year it's uh, obviously with the covid pandemic uh, in the last couple of years everything's kind of gotten derailed you know uh, we've been here early kind of preparing and always getting sidetracked and it gets a little frustrating kind of trying to get the horses ready and kind of not uh, over uh, kind of overtraining them and, and, and kind of passing their peak so um, you know we're everybody's like really optimistic that uh, April 16th is right around the corner and, uh, you know, looking forward to starting on time. Well, Kevin, I guess talk about basically the family ties and how it's so generational with the, the attards and, and racing. And then, and obviously that's what got you involved, correct? Definitely. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I mean, the attard name and, and, and horse racing is, uh, in, in Canada, obviously in Ontario anyways, is, uh, you know, I mean, is, is a pretty strong connection, um, you know, I mean, uh, I, I was born to a trainer, my father's Tino, um, you know, and I would say in the mid eighties, he was pretty, uh, pretty dominant himself at Woodbine, uh, being a leading trainer here, uh, you know, conditioned a lot of good horses. Uh, obviously my uncle Sid, he's in the hall of fame as a trainer. Um, and Larry is also in the hall of fame, um, uh, as a, uh, as a jockey, right? So, uh, Joe was kind of one of the pioneers of, of the of the brothers that immigrated to Canada, and uh, you know, I mean, amongst myself, uh, there's other second generation of tards uh, that are uh, training or uh, doing something else in the industry uh, uh, that's kind of horse related as well, obviously. So the woodbine season is about to open, coming up in April. So what do you do between now and then? So uh, I've actually been preparing since the end of January. Uh, I rented a farm up in Caledon uh, this winter. I elected to stay here for the winter. And uh, so we've been preparing the horses up in Caledon since the uh, end of January, let's say. And uh, we arrived at Woodbine in, in uh, early March. So now it's just a matter of trying to get them uh, fit and obviously prepared to run. Uh, you know, some obviously are, we're hoping to kind of get ready uh, for opening weekend and others will be a little further down the road. 
Um, so right now it's just, you know, I mean, going through the everyday uh, kind of uh, training methods of just putting uh, some speed and stamina into them and, and getting them as fit as possible. Ed, talk about how many horses you're going to be starting with at, at Woodbine, and then when you ramp up, how many do you expect? Well, we've got 65 stalls allocated to us here at Woodbine, so, I mean, we're obviously one of the bigger stables here. Uh, we'll have some overflow horses that'll continue to kind of train at the farm at Woodbine as well, uh, and in Caledon, I should say. Um, so, you know, I mean, I could kind of expect anywhere up to maybe, you know, maybe 80 horses max uh, under my supervision. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously you're hoping that we, we have a lot of younger horses that come into the stable uh, on a yearly basis now. And, and you're just hoping, uh, that, uh, that you, uh, I mean, out of that group of horses that uh, you, you have some some that become obviously top class horses here, and and uh, we're hoping that some of the two year olds that we were developing last year uh, have a chance now to uh, to uh, show their stuff in the uh, kind of a Canadian uh, prestigious races like the Queen's Plate and the Canadian Oaks. And speaking of which, what would it mean to you to win the Queen's Plate this year? Well, obviously that's a big goal of mine, a big uh, kind of dream, you know. Uh, you know, kids grew up uh, playing playing hockey. You know, I mean, wanting to play in the NHL and win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I grew up on the on a farm, coming to Woodbine on the weekends. Uh, and uh, you know, I mean, once uh, once I knew I was going to be too big to become a jockey, that <laughs> training was the uh, the obviously goal. And uh, and uh, winning the Queen's Plate, you know, Canada's most uh, historic and uh, you know, longest continuously run race in North America. Uh, so there's a lot of prestige to that and. It's eluded some of the top trainers, you know, it's not that easy to win. It's proven, you know, and, and, and I've been fortunate enough in the last few years to have some horses that kind of look like, uh, you know, I mean, good competitors going into the year and uh, it still eluded me. So uh, I'm hoping obviously this may be my year and if not this year, then we're going to try again next year. <laughs> but you have won some big stakes races, haven't you, Kevin? Yeah, we've been fortunate. I've had uh, some good horses in the, in, in, in the past and, won some good races and uh you know obviously we won the uh the woodbine mile the starship jubilee she also won the ep taylor both grade ones um you know i had the privilege to go to the breeders cup with uh a couple of those horses like her herself and and calgary cat another uh, one of my favorites so i've been lucky um that to be kind of uh, surrounded by some good horses and and been able to train them obviously so uh it's you know it's always nice to get that quality of, of a horse in your barn and and that's that's what our goal is every year when you have questions about what you're doing who do you turn to who in your family do you seek advice from uh, obviously my dad's my, my my biggest you know i mean uh kind of shoulder to lean on he's you know he's taught me everything i've known uh i know so um you know i I run things by him. He's, uh, you know, he's obviously, I think, uh, a very smart horseman. Uh, he was successful in this game. Um, he's kind of, you know, I mean, when I was kind of his assistant trainer, he, he actually kind of took a, uh, you know, I mean, allowed me to take over the stable and, and probably kind of, I mean, sacrifice his career to kind of forward mine. Right. So I'm obviously very appreciative of that. And, uh, he's in my corner and, uh, we work, uh, we work together and, we work well together. We have a great relationship, and uh, you know, it's uh, I'm fortunate to have them. So I'm going to say, Kevin, that growing up, there was never any uh, ambition to do anything else but get into the horse racing business. Correct? 
For me, yes. You know what I mean? The, the only time in my career I, I really kind of got to the point of, uh, you know what I mean, having to maybe second-guess what I was doing in, in horse racing, I think it was maybe my uh, probably fourth year in, in training. So maybe oh five oh six, And I had just, you know what I mean, it was, you know, young family, wife, uh, two small children, uh, you know, toddlers. Uh, so, uh I wasn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't kind of making an, a living to uh, support, uh, support support my family. So I, I actually sent out resumes that winter, well, that fall, uh, looking to leave the track in, in the next year because I just couldn't uh, couldn't continue doing what I was doing in the horse racing uh, industry. So um, then I was fortunate enough that my uncle Larry uh, gave me a call and and, and told me that uh, Steve Stauffer was looking for a, a trainer and if I was interested. And I said, absolutely. And uh, sure enough, uh, I was fortunate enough to get the position. And uh, he uh, he actually uh, rejuvenated my uh, career. Kevin, I want to talk about the chain. And that is owner, trainer, jockey. How much weight does each of these positions carry? So, I th- obviously, I'd like to think that the trainer and the jockey have a, a, a tighter kind of relationship than the owner and the jockey in the sense, right? Um, the owners, um, you know I mean? I think a lot of owners, obviously, they hire a trainer that they have confidence and trust in, and they allow the trainer to kind of um, obviously dictate and, and control uh, the training of the horse and obviously some of the decisions, where to run, what jockey to use. Now, that doesn't mean owners don't have input. Obviously, some owners, you know, I mean, have favorite jockeys, and they'll tell me, you know, Kev, I like this rider, and if you could please kind of try to use, you know, I mean, a list of maybe three or four riders. So, um, so th- that's part of it. And obviously, you know, I mean, I, I think in any kind of sport, you need uh, combinations of people that click well together, uh, regardless if you're kind of playing hockey, baseball. Uh, it's it's a team effort. And you have to have good chemistry with people. So, I mean, I think with certain jocks, it almost feels like uh, you have that chemistry. And then with others, it's almost like it's harder to find the winner's circle with them. It, get, it kind of gets a little frustrating, and, and that spark, for whatever reason, may not be there. I'd like to ask you this, Kevin. Like, all trainers are known for their strengths and that. What would you consider would be your strength? Would it be... Uh, grass horse, uh, dirt horse, uh, synthetic horse? Uh, is it maybe third start off uh, layoff, first Lasix? What are some of your, your, your specialties, do you think? Yeah, so I, I've never been a firm believer in, in the kind of labeling the trainer as a turf trainer or a dirt trainer in the sense, or I guess nowadays a, a synthetic trainer. I think it all depends on what kind of pedigree of horse that that particular trainer is kind of being given, Right. Um, so I, I personally, I don't think, you know, I mean, it's labeling a trainer as a turf trainer is, is fair in the sense, uh, because most of those turf trainers that have been labeled for whatever reason, they've just been given turf pedigree horses in the sense. Now, I think if you wanted to label me as a trainer, you probably, I think the, 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 the verdict would be, uh, I would be probably what, better known as a route trainer. Uh, for whatever reason, I think, uh, our horses have, um, kind of a flourish in route racing. Um, so, uh, and, and at the end of the day, those classic races that we want to win, those races are usually run out of route of ground anyway. So 
Um, that's kind of, uh, those are the type of horses we want to track to our stable. Um, not to say we don't like, you know, I mean, those crack sprinters, uh, cause there's, I mean, there's money to be won in all those levels and, and kind of sprint us uh, from sprints to routes. But, uh, and I mean, I think my forte right now is probably, uh, becoming a road trainer. You said in an interview recently, which actor you thought would make a good trainer. Who did you say? I mentioned Clint Eastwood. Uh, I just, <laughs> why? You know, I, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I mean, watching some of his movies and uh, just the way he's, I, I, his composure, uh, he doesn't get rattled. You know, the, the training game is, uh, there's, there's a lot of ups and downs in this, in this business. Uh, you know, when things are going great, it almost, you know, it, it, anything that kind of you throw to the wall, it, it sticks, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then when things are going bad, it just seems like every right every right move you make is the wrong move, right? So, and, and I, you know, when you watch Clint Eastwood and, 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 and his acting, his demeanor is always, he's <laughs> just calm, collective, and he doesn't get frustrated, uh, so I think, you know, he's got the skills to me that I would, I would think that uh, if I was going to pick somebody, uh, he'd be, he'd be my guy. Hmm. Kevin, thanks for doing this. And now you have the official tag, like everybody else that comes on as a guest, a friend of the show. So you're a friend of the I, show and I, we'll have you back on. I appreciate that very much. Thank you for having me, and it's been a pleasure. Well done, Kevin. Thank you. When we come back, O'Brien Award-winning standard bread driver James McDonald joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, in for Jim Lang. Well, last season could be considered a dream one for Woodbine Mohawk Park regular driver James McDonald as the PEI native steered the winners to a career high of over, ready for this, $7.5 million in purses, as well as winning the Lampman Cup, an award given to the leading driver in the Ontario Sires Stakes. Larry Simpson caught up with the harness driver, James McDonald. Okay, James, thanks for, uh, for doing this. Uh, uh, I guess first question for you, uh, where did it all begin for you, uh, your involvement in harness racing? Well, well I grew up uh, in PEI uh, with a big family of, uh, you know, uh, horse enthusiasts. My mom took the picture at the track. Uh, my dad uh, had some brood mares and, you know, we, were up, we basically grew up at the track. We played sports and went to the track. That was basically our childhood. So, uh, you know, at an early age, I never really had a whole lot of interest in racing myself. Um, I kind of uh, went to school, and then I, I went to took a year of marketing and advertising. Then I came up. Uh, Anthony needed some help with his barn, so I came up and gave him a hand. And then I just kind of got hooked from there on. But I was a little later getting started than Mark and Anthony for sure. And I guess you're you're happy uh, that you did come up here and start, eh? Oh yeah, it's it's the best job in the world driving horses. I mean, it's. It's, uh, you get to go out and compete. Like uh, like I said, I was a big sports enthusiast, and growing up in a big family, we were all super competitive. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of, it's the perfect way to, uh, you know, have a career, you know. Go out, race, try and uh, try and do the best you can, and uh, compete night in, night out with, uh, you know, some of the best in the world. So it's a, it's a terrific, terrific job, and I'm very thankful to be in horse racing. Okay. Well, 2021, you won the O'Brien Award for Top Driver in Canada, as well as the Lampman Cup for uh, Top Driver in the Ontario Sire Stakes. Um, what are you going to do for an encore this year? <laughs> a repeat would be nice. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't really set too many goals. I mean, like I said in a bunch of interviews, I was always, uh, always the O'Brien was the ultimate goal for me, you know, to to, uh, to get to be recognized as Canada's top driver, but. Uh, I was just, you know, I, I wasn't close to, to achieving it, so it was kind of a pipe dream. And then last year was just kind of a Cinderella year. It got off to a good start and never really just kept rolling. Like, I, I've always been a streaky driver, and I was able to keep the streak rolling all year. So this year, I just, you know, do the best I can, show up, try and be more consistent, you know, night in, night out, try and, uh, you know, bring my A game and do the best I can for the owners and trainers and, and the grooms and everyone involved with the horse. So uh, ultimately, uh, another O'Brien Award would be the ultimate goal. But you know, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself yet. Just just trying to do, do a good job and drive some good horses would be uh, would be a, a, a good goal to set. I think. Okay, and I guess one of the things with the Lampman Cup, uh, you're racing at both half mile surfaces and Woodbine Mohawk Park, which is seven eighths. Is there? Do you have to change your driving style for these, uh, you know, two two uh, size race courses? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're racing on a half mile track or a five eighths mile track, like Georgian or Kawartha. We can get to Kawartha this year. Rito, I think I was at too. Uh, you, you know, you you got to amp up your aggression a little bit when you're, uh, you know, Mohawk. You can sit back and and catch some, you know, catch some weight if they get racing in front of you. But uh, Flambro or uh, Grand River or any of the London, you, you can't you can't get too far out of it. You have to be in contention, whether that's, you know, 
getting away close, close, close enough to be first up or, you know, on the front or close to the lead. You, you, you got to be in the hunt, that's for sure. And one question I've always wanted to ask a harness driver, we've had a lot of jockeys on this show, and I always ask them this question. Uh, they ride a horse basically six months ago, and then they don't ride it for a bit, and then they, they get back on it. And yet they can recall how they rode that horse and how it raced in that. Is it the same with, with you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, for the most part, especially a good horse or, a, you know, a, 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 even a conditioned horse, like you sit behind them a couple times or one, even once and, and, and they're a nice horse or they're whatever, you, certain things stick out in your mind. Sometimes I find I might not recognize the name, but then when I see the line that I've driven it, I remember the race like de- in great detail. So, uh, yeah, a lot of times I just have to uh, to uh, see the line, and, and then the race kind of comes back to me, and I can pretty much tell you what gear they wore, you know, how the race went, who was sitting where, and, and you know, it's and uh, most of the guys are the same. It's just you, you get really into the race, and, and you recall it quite well. Can you feel it through the lines too, James? Like uh, when when you've got the horse out onto the track, and you say, "Oh yeah, I remember this horse. It's the way he pulls, or the way he goes, or that." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Lots of horses have uh, very uh, recognizable characteristics. So uh, you, you get out there, and you know they might grab on, they might not grab on, they might do something goofy, they might be perfect. You know, there's a hundred different things they could do, and that's just how you remember them. Okay. Now, growing up, you said you were you were kind of slow getting into this business and that, but you obviously did have the family involvement. Uh, was there a mentor that basically mentored you to you know take it to the next level and become a driver? Uh, probably my brother Anthony. He uh, you know he really pushed me hard when I when I came up here. He showed me the ropes and he was always pushing me for more and and he didn't want to me like I was content just being a groom for a while and then he was always pushing me to get my trainer's license once i got my trainer's license you know he had me in the race bike schooling and he was like he was always like really adamant about me uh you know trying to be trying to be the best i could and you know it it worked out good for me and and and, uh you know i definitely have him to thank i've had a lot of people uh jamie smith pushed me from back home and my brother mark you know they were always great help always uh always uh, constructive criticism it's hard as as hard as they could be on me they were always very helpful as well so uh, probably my family for sure okay describe yourself as a driver would you consider yourself aggressive or more passive and patient well i i don't i don't like to uh, have one you know the name for how i drive because then it kind of limits you to what you can drive and early on in my career and up until the last few years, I think I was known as a very passive or uh, or uh, patient driver. And, and the last few years, I've kind of become more aggressive and more, I don't know, I, I think better tactically, I guess. But uh, I think it's just because of, you know, the situation. I'm obviously, I'm in a situation where I'm getting a lot of good horses to drive. And, you know, most of the races are one up near the front. So, you as much as I would like, to, I like to be patient with a young horse and teach them. But at the same time, I, I you got to be a little aggressive and, and uh, 
you know, there's a lot of pressure. The owners want to see the horses do well. So sometimes even, you know, I might want to race them a certain way, but I know it's not what the owner or trainer wants. So you gotta, you gotta be able to uh, be very versatile and, and uh, race the horse how it needs to be raced for sure. Okay. And you've done some driving at, at the Meadowlands. Uh, that's an entirely different uh, a style of racing than what you're probably used to here at uh, Woodby Mohawk Park, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of run and gun, and it's, it's such a beautiful track and beautiful facility. You know, the speed carries, and, and, and the guys, you know, they, they race them. They race them hard, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's a world-class facility with world-class horses and world-class drivers. So uh, it was a lot of fun being there, and, uh, you know, just glad I did it. Had some luck doing it and carried it in, into last year and having some luck here for sure. Okay. And, and you've got a pretty good reputation, I know, of going out on the track, especially uh, in qualifiers and being able to be patient with the horses, getting them qualified in that, correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, uh, the worst thing you can do, and I learned this at an early age from making so many mistakes, I think, is completely empty a horse to qualify Um a lot of people say, oh, you, you didn't try very hard with that horse qualifying. It's not that at all. I just want the horse to have a good experience. I want the horse to be like, when it comes into, my dad used to always say stuff like this, but when he comes into the next week, you want him feeling like King Kong, like thinking, if you, oh, if I got out, he would have blown by. And the horse feels that. Like if you if you save one up and then just brush it the last couple feet or the last 100 yards or whatever in the qualifier and keep a good hold of it the first time you ask that horse in the race they're going to give you so much and just like dig 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 whereas if you empty them out i mean you might qualify them in 58 they're you know there's not a whole lot more in there hmm. but sometimes you can it's not that you're tricking them into being a good horse a good horse a good horse it's just you want to give them every opportunity to be confident and strong going into the race because at the end of the day the qualifier is just a education kind of all right and a few months ago, I interviewed Hall of Fame uh, driver Ron Waples, and he's, he's been on the show as well. But for our magazine, I interviewed him, and I asked him a question. I said, you know, he's got a pretty good eye for driving talent. Who did he like out there? And it was your name that he mentioned. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not, but he said he liked, the, in his opinion, you had great hands and just, you know, knew where you were at all the time. Were you aware of that? I had heard that, yeah, and that, I mean, what a great honor that was. Uh, Ronnie's one of the greatest of all time, well-respected throughout the industry, so anytime you get a compliment like that from from, uh, from a legend like Ron Waples, it's, uh, it's a big uh, boost to your confidence for sure. So, uh, yeah, it, it, Ronnie's a great guy. I've known him a long time, and, you know, he didn't need to, he didn't need to say that, but I'm, I'm really, uh, I really, it made me feel really good and really confident that, that, he, that he thought that about me. And, and you trained a horse for him, didn't you? For Roddy? Uh, no, he, when he had bred, oh. uh, we had, uh, my buddy and I had trained and raced, and uh, uh, he's, just, he's just such a class act, Ronnie. Super guy. Okay. Now, at the beginning of this interview, you said that you really didn't have any, any goals but, uh, for 2022, but I'm sure there's some goals that you've got. Obviously, another O'Brien, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's you know, that'll never change. If as long as I'm racing at Mohawk full time, the, the ultimate goal will be the O'Brien. Um, it's just such a great group of drivers. You know, they get they get on a few good horses. It's you know these guys. There's probably ten of them that could win the O'Brien this year. So, 
or more. So uh, it's it's a competitive bunch, and uh, just happy to compete with them every night. But uh, yeah, O'Brien's the ultimate goal. But just another good another good showing for myself, and and uh, have some good horses to drive. And obviously, the ultimate goal: is stay healthy. So uh, stay healthy, win some races. Hopefully, end up in the holding the O'Brien at the end of the year next year. Okay, and I guess final question for you, James. Toughest driver to drive against? Uh, in Canada or in the world? <laughs> <laughs> you could say in the world. <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of times you, you find, like I find the, the really great drivers are tough to drive against. Not, they're just, it's not that they're unpredictable. They just they, Their job is to put you in an uncomfortable position. You know, you see it all the time in the big races with the with the world class drivers. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, like, I find Doug McNair, like, he's a, he's a terrific driver. And, and uh, you know, I think he's a world class driver. And, you know, he, he makes you uncomfortable on the racetrack. And, and that's that's a, just an attempt. Uh, a testament to what a great driver he is. That's that's his number one job is to uh, make other people uncomfortable. Like when you get comfortable with someone, you you kind of you kind of you know have them where you want them. But he, he does a really great job at making you really think and try and figure out what he's going to do in the race. And and uh, you know that's 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 the, our number one job. Like if if he's favorite and I'm second favorite, he he doesn't want me to be comfortable. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. James, uh, thanks a lot for doing this, and, and uh, good luck in 2022. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. When we come back, one of our regulars, Ernie Perry, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine show. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Woodbine Clocker and Morning Line Odds Maker and friend of our show, Ernie Perry, is joining us now for the first time this racing season. Ernie is part of the many individuals helping Woodbine ready for the opening of the 2022 season. So great to have you on the show, and there's so much to look forward to, Ernie. Yes, uh, thanks, uh, and Larry. It's going to be a fantastic year, as you can see by the weather outside uh, the last couple of days. Uh, unfortunately, that weather's hindered us a little bit, in all honesty, because the track has been frozen, uh, both tracks, the Pepita and the uh, dirt track that we have on the backstretch. So with this weather, it's thawing out, which is making it quite sloppy. So it's a bit tough for the horsemen to get a handle and train their horses at this current moment. So speaking of the horsemen and the horses, Ernie, it's a whole, basically a whole slew of new horses there for all intents and purposes, right? So when you're out clocking them now, like, how do you, you know, come to the, you know, the conclusion, oh, that's such and such a horse, or is there markings on the horse or the way it goes or, or that? Because you're dealing with a whole brand new bunch of horses, right? Yeah, definitely. So um, actually, most of the horses have come back because they were two-year-olds last year, so most of the state healthy, and they're, they're coming back as three-year-olds, uh, some as four. But that being said, I do come in a week early, um, and I, I get all the horses that are on the grounds, and I make a book with all the markings of all the horses on the ground. So, yes, when they call in their horses to work, I check the horse's name, make sure it matches the markings, and that's how we distinguish which horse has work. And what are you looking for, Ernie? In a workout, under, you know, we're timing them to make sure they qualify. They need a qualifying time to run. Um, and, you know, for betting purposes, I'm looking at how the work has been done. Uh, what kind of shape they're in coming off the winter layoffs. Some have been at farms. Some have been in Florida training. So those are the ones that are going to have an advantage when the racing starts. Have you got a lot of horses on uh, site now? 1,000. 1,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, we'll peak at about uh, 1,900. Okay. And, you know, you talked about the track conditions right now because it's been frozen and thawing, and we're, we're looking at rain today, Saturday. W- what can be done to make your job a little easier, but also easier on the horses themselves between now and the start of the season, April 16th? So that's a great question. Uh, and like you said, with the rain, um, the training track tomorrow is act, uh, today, sorry, is actually going to be closed um, Saturday and Sunday. So what happens is because of it, the last couple of days of nice weather, uh, it's quite sloppy. So the main track is open today, Saturday and Sunday tomorrow. And uh, that'll be just for galloping purposes. Normally that's still got a bit of a frozen base underneath it. So we don't want horses traveling too quickly on it uh, for, you know, fear of some sort of injury and whatnot. So they'll just go over the track for the next two days uh, slowly, and then we'll get back to walking on Monday. And the, the two weeks prior to opening day, what are they like for you? Are they, are they pretty hectic? Yeah, that's another mm-hmm. great question there. So I fully expect, especially with the slow start to the season, that uh, the two weeks prior we could have, uh, we'll give you an example, on a Saturday uh, on the main track alone, we should have 300 horses work. On the training track, we should have about 150. So that's about 450 in one day. 
and almost the same the next day. So, you know, we could have upwards of six, 700 horses worth it on a weekend. Is it fair to talk to you right now about Kentucky Derby point races as we are anticipating the opening of the Woodbine season on April 16th? Do we talk about the Kentucky Derby point races now? You know, yes, you can. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of horses like the classic Causeway um, for Brian Lynch. He's meeting the standings right now, and his last two races have been super. Uh, there's a horse, Messier, uh, trained by Bob Baffert. But with all the ongoings with Baffert and Churchill and, you know, not taking his entries and the horse not getting qualifying points because they're not allowing him to train, that's a nice horse as well. Whether it makes the derby or not is, uh, you know, another question. Now, that is a Canadian-bred horse, which is quite eligible for the Queen's Plate. The horse ever made it here to the Queen's Plate, the horse would be one to nine going into the starting gate. So... Uh, maybe a bit early for, for the Derby, but there's some some races coming up, like the Fountain of Youth, uh, April 2nd, another big prep. So, tad early, but uh, they are definitely uh, roaring to roll. And getting back to Messier, if Messier happened to qualify for the Derby and win it, and then come to the Queen's Plate and win it, he would be the first horse since Northern Dancer to do that, correct? You probably were absolutely <laughs> correct, which is a tad before my time, but uh, <laughs> ours um, too, as well. Uh, yeah, somebody yeah. told me. Somebody told me that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you read it in the uh, history I, books. <laughs> you know, it'd be a great feat, but highly unlikely if he does go on to win the Derby and stay on that trail that uh, he would venture up here. But you never know. Ernie, can you explain to me, because I'm more the layperson here as opposed to uh, to Larry, who knows so much about horse racing, but that's what this show is about. It's it's a little something for everyone when it comes to horse racing. What what does a clocker do? What do you do as a clocker? So first thing, we're there at 5.30 a.m. And the track opens up. We have three clockers on the main track, a sheet writer, and a gap attendant. What happens is horses come through the gap to get onto the main track. They'll let the gap attendant know, I'm going to work five-eighths of a mile. The gap, gap attendant radios it to the sheet rider. The sheet rider writes it down. She parlays it to us. Now we know this horse, uh, we'll use Messier as an example, is working five-eighths of a mile. So we will confirm that's the horse by looking at the marking as soon as it comes on the track. Uh, and... We'll keep an eye on it. There'll be multiple horses working, so that's just one of many. And we'll watch it. And between the three of us, when the horse hits the 5-8 pole, it commences a work. And a work is a strong a gallop, usually in, in a minute, minute and change, 101, 102, up to 105, as opposed to just galloping along. They go against the rail. They know they're exerting themselves a bit extra. And it's just another tool that they use to get fit. And so, as easy as it sounds, one horse, imagine 60 horses mm. doing that at one time with three people clocking them. Wow. So, we have two stopwatches each. We can have up to two, three horses per stopwatch. And that's what we do for four and a half hours. At a great deal of concentration. Correct. Yeah. Seven days a week, four and a half hours, uh, right till December. So, what do you do in your free time then? <laughs> <laughs> I have other duties. I'm the odds maker. I make the odds for the races. Um, I actually take entries for the races as well uh, for the cards on the weekend. So uh, I am off from December 5th till about March 1st. And 
that's usually unwind time. Do you feel like putting on your odds makers hat right now? Sure. Okay, go for it. Anything you like when it comes to racing at North American tracks that you can tell us about? Yeah, so this weekend, uh, you know, we tend to focus on Gulfstream, one of the better tracks. Uh, we say today, a dancing doll for Martin Drexler is 8-1. to one. This horse is a five furlong specialist. So anytime you see this horse running past five furlongs, I would say do not bet the horse or bet against. But at five furlongs on the turf, has a fantastic record. Marty Drexler is a, a fantastic trainer, getting him ready to go off the hop, and you're getting eight to one value today. Um, I think that's good value. This horse runs very, very well, fresh. That's Race Eight Gulfstream Dancing Doll. Okay. Anybody else you like? Uh, you know, I'm privy and proud to the Woodbine horses. There's a horse in Race Seven, Piece of Acadi. Uh, I love the horse when he was up here for the Colebrook Stable. Always worked very quickly, now claimed by Mike Maker, so it's a big step. There won't be much of a price, but, uh, you know, a piece of Akati back to the turf for Mike Maker looks pretty good. Well, he's 2-1 to one in the morning line, so if you could get 2-1, to one, that might be uh, a good value. Yeah, that would be great value if you do get that. Got to ask you, Ernie, how did you get into this line of work? Where did the passion come from? Where did it begin? Yeah, I started with my uh, my dad. He loved gambling. He used to come to the track uh, every weekend, every weekend. And when I was old enough, um, I started coming. And he, you know, gave me the give me two number scenario, and I gave him two numbers, and it came in and paid five hundred dollars, and that was it. Uh, he he didn't give me the five hundred dollars, but you know, <laughs> as an eight year old, nine year old, give me fifty dollars. I thought this was great. So ever since then. Uh, I've been coming to the track and, you know, have a bit of a gambling bug and, uh, you know, and, and that's where it started. A funny story, my parents actually came to the track on Labor Day, uh, September 7th, and my mom went into labor oh. <laughs> on that day, straight to the hospital from the track. Imagine with, that. With you? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. So, in other words, maybe not bred, but born uh, at the track, in a way. Very close. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, once you got involved in the business, did you have maybe a mentor or a favorite horse or that, that uh, you know, kind of increased the attraction? You know, I started, I just, I love, it was the betting as much as it was the passion and being Canadian, loving Canadian horses, going down to the U.S. and beating the U.S. horses. They were always the tops, right? So when we have the Samson Farms and uh, King Haven Farms, and they were beating these top American horses, just that's what attracted me to racing. So, I, you know, I worked in the backstretch a little bit, walking hots, but as you know, if you've been around there, it's a tough gig, tough to make money. The pay isn't the greatest. They're some of the hardest working people out there, grooms and hot walkers. So kudos to them. I just couldn't do it. You know, it wasn't financially. So I left for a bit and then uh, I finally came back. Woodbine clocker and morning linesman, odds maker and friend of the show and so much more. Ernie Perry, what a pleasure spending time with you and learning more about what you do and why. Thank you, Anne. Thanks, Larry. And uh, please don't hesitate during the season. I'm sure there'll be a lot of great racing. You can uh, give me a ring anytime. Sounds good.
After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting gems and potential betting opportunities as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Take it away, Larry. Thanks, Anne. Uh, let's start at Gulfstream Park. They have a 12-race card, and race nine is a maiden special weight for three-year-olds with a purse of $60,000. Uh, it's at a mile distance. Uh, Number six, Practical Way, hails from the strong Safi Joseph Jr. stable and is making his first start since January 29th. Now, this guy's very well bred. He's taken money in each of his starts, which includes being two to one against a horse by the name of Emmanuel, who was fourth in the Fountain of Youth stakes a few weeks back at uh, Gulfstream. So Safi Joseph looks like he means business today as Practical Way has blinkers on, which is a high percentage move for Joseph. And also second time Lasix, which is also a high move of his as well. He also adds uh, jockey Javier Castellano to the mix today. And together, that pair have been very, you could say, white hot recently at Gulfstream. <laughs> what do you mean by white hot white as hot? opposed to red hot? <laughs> well, maybe white hot. It means that they've the, the wieners have been on too long. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, I, I like the fact that Practical Ways, uh, his last couple of starts, you know, 
he looks like he's got some talent. He's still young. He's lightly raced. But I think Safi Joseph Jr. has done some fine-tuning on this guy today. So I'm going with Gulfstream Park, race nine, number six, practical way. Uh, Santa Anita has a nine race card today, and race four is a maiden special weight for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, six furlongs on the turf, and their California breads. The number two, Current Mood, is a first-time starter from the Neil Drysdale barn and shows a series of good works, including two fast, three furlong works uh, just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Current Mood is by a good English sire, Flinch sire, Flint's Flint Shire. Try saying that fast. No, eh? because we'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and meets a field today that I, I think uh, I see many of them making their eighth or ninth uh, start. So what we call, you know, maidens that just haven't seemed to found their spot yet. So uh, I think it's a good race to try the new face. So current mood debuts with Lasix today, which is a positive uh, uh, move for trainer. And I think based on her work, she should be able to show the all-important speed in a, in a race of non-winners of a race like this. So she's 8-1 to one in the morning line, and I think it's a good race to take a shot on her. So Santa Anita, race four, number two, current mood. Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park's uh, first race features a competitive field of 10 pacers going one mile for a purse of $15,000. The number four horse, Pat McGarry, uh, made his first start over the bigger surface at Mohawk after racing at Flamborough Downs. Uh, the betters liked this guy last week, betting him down to even money. And a uh, new friend of the show, uh, James McDonald, moved Pat McGarry to the front of the back, to the front at the backside and looked like a winner turning for home, but unfortunately he tired late in the mile to finish fourth. So horses moving from the half-mile track surface of Flamborough to Mohawk 7-8 sometimes take a couple of races to get uh, get used to it. Uh, and uh, I think I'm, I'm hoping that's going to be the case today with Pat McGarry A. He won his two previous starts easy at Flamborough, including a, an easy win in 153-3, and, and that's a good time for a half-mile surface. And any return to that form of that race would certainly help his chances tonight. So Woodbine, Mohawk Park, race one, number four, Pat McGarry N. And then finally, the Meadowlands, they have a 13 race card. And race eight is a one mile uh, pace for a purse of $21,000. As I've mentioned in the past shows, I was taught that if you bet a horse and he gets beat, then you bet him when he races back. Well, that's the case of the number five horse, Rapper's Delight A, who, if anybody was listening to the show last week, was one of my selections on the Ponies picks. Uh, fits this criteria well. He was bet down to favoritism, left and settled in the two-hole last week. Just past the quarter, he looked like he was going to get the glorious two-hole trip, which actually didn't happen as the backfield was in motion, you could say. <laughs> and several horses outmoved him. Uh, driver Andrew McCarthy tried to move Rapper's Delight up the inside and couldn't squeeze, and there was just no room for him to get through. So uh, he finished six, beaten two and three-quarter lengths. That shows you how tight it was at the finish. So... I'm going to give him one more chance tonight. So the Meadowlands, race eight, number five, rapper, delight A. You bring brilliance to this show, Larry Simpson. <laughs> Larry Simpson, always a pleasure being with you. Thank you for letting me share a microphone with you. But I have to let the listeners know right now that we each have our own microphone. We follow the pandemic guidelines because, you know, it, it ain't over yet, as they say. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. It was fun. And I want to give a big shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. And just a reminder, if you would like a 
free digital copy of a new issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, you can email Larry at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies. Now, even though the silent auction is over, you can still donate to this worthy cause. Thank you very much for joining us. It was terrific. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.